Here we go. Welcome to Jazz Piano Skills. I'm Dr. Bob Lawrence. It's time to discover, learn, and play jazz piano. Today you are going to discover harmonized dominant scales. You're going to learn how to harmonize dominant scales using contemporary two-handed voicings. And you are going to play dominant scales harmonized from the root through the seventh of the sound. So as I always say, regardless of where you are in your jazz journey, a beginner, an intermediate player, an advanced player, or even if you are a seasoned and experienced professional, you will find this Jazz Piano Skills podcast lesson exploring the harmonization of dominant scales to be very insightful and to be very beneficial. If you are new to Jazz Piano Skills, if you are a new Jazz Piano Skills podcast listener, then I want to personally invite you to become a Jazz Piano Skills member. Visit jazzpianoskills.com to learn more about the abundance of jazz educational resources, materials, and services that are available for you to use. For example, as a Jazz Piano Skills member, you have access to all of the educational podcast packets, the illustrations, the lead sheets, the play-alongs that are developed and available for every weekly podcast episode. You also, as a Jazz Piano Skills member, have access to the Sequential Jazz Piano Curriculum, which is loaded with comprehensive jazz piano courses using all of the courses, using a self-paced format, educational talks, interactive media, video demonstrations, play-alongs, and much more. As a Jazz Piano Skills member, you also have access to the weekly online masterclass, uh, which in essence is a one-hour online lesson with me each and every week. And also, as a Jazz Piano Skills member, you have access to the Jazz Piano Skills private community, which hosts a variety of engaging forums, podcast-specific forums, course-specific forums, and of course, forums covering general aspects, general topics of playing jazz piano. And last but certainly not least, as a Jazz Piano Skills member, unlimited, private, personal, and professional educational support whenever and as often as you need it. Again, visit jazzpianoskills.com to learn more about all of the educational opportunities and how to easily activate your membership. If you have any questions, any questions at all, please let me know. I'm always happy to spend time with you, answer any questions that you have regarding the Jazz Panel Skills program, and to help you in any way that I can. Okay, let's discover, learn, and play jazz piano. Let's discover, learn, and play harmonized dominant scales. I brought this up last week, and I want to bring it up again today, that when we talk about any scale, our minds immediately think of a sequential line of notes played one, two, three, or four octaves, typically in both hands, ascending and descending. And, of course, why wouldn't we think like this? Why wouldn't we, why, why wouldn't this be the image that we have in our mind when discussing or thinking about scales. After all, 
This is precisely how scales are taught. Basically 100% of the time. And of course, the opposite is true also, right? That when we talk about any scale, our minds never, ever, ever think of the scale as being played harmonically. And again, because scales are never taught that way. Scales are never taught harmonically. Therefore, we never think of scales being played in this manner. And this is very unfortunate. I stressed this last week. This is very unfortunate because as jazz pianists, we need to be able to approach melodies harmonically. We need to be capable capable of even comping melodically. And, and how do we develop this jazz piano skill? How do we develop the ability to approach melodies harmonically or to create melodies when we are comping behind an instrumentalist or vocalist? Well, we do so by practicing scales harmonized. And why do we have to invest the time practicing scales harmonized? My regular listeners can tell you because our hands and ears will never, ever, ever go where they have never, ever been. It's just that simple. So if we do not take the time to literally practice our scales, playing our scales harmonically, if we do not take the time to map out our scales harmonically, then our hands are not just going to magically go there when we're playing the piano. Our hands are not going to magically play these voicings behind instrumentalist and vocalist when performing. Again, it's just that simple. The hands, the ears can never go where they have never been. So we have to invest time in practicing linear lines, melodies, scales. We have to spend time practicing them voiced, harmonized. Now, I brought this up last week as well. And of course, it's important to state it again here today, that there is more than one way to approach the harmonization of scales. But I am sharing with you today how I like to approach harmonizing scales using two-handed contemporary voicings. And again, contemporary in that the voicings I like to use are constructed using primarily intervals of a fourth rather than the traditional interval of a third. And if you are unfamiliar with this approach, if you're unfamiliar with this sound, unfamiliar with chordal, what we call chordal voicings, or some folks refer to them as fourthy voicings, then I would suggest checking out an entire podcast series that I did um, on these voicings, on these shapes, on these sounds, starting back uh, on November 10th last year, 2020, uh, uh, starting with the primary major voicings. And even better yet, if you are a Jazz Piano Skills member, you have access to all of the Jazz Piano Skills courses within the Jazz Piano Skills curriculum. So be sure to study courses 21 through 26 that deal specifically with these contemporary voicings, right? With these chordal or fourthy shapes and sounds. You, you'll, you will be able to watch video demonstrations of me playing 
all of the major dominant minor half diminished and diminished uh, shapes and sounds, voicings in all 12 keys. So be sure to check out courses 21 through 26. These contemporary voicings, these choral or fourthy voicings, are my go-to voicings for harmonizing melodies and for comping behind instrumentalist and vocalist. I'm also going to share with you a way to methodically and effectively and efficiently practice these shapes and sounds, this essential jazz piano skill, so that, again, you maximize your musical growth when practicing. So the agenda for today is as follows. Number one, I'm going to present seven two-handed contemporary voicings, one for each note of the dominant scale. Number two, I am going to present 10 exercises that focus on compact scale and arpeggio motion to minimize linear movement when practicing. Number three, I'm going to present one exercise that spans the entire scale from the root to the seventh, and one exercise that plays the scale as an arpeggio spanning from the root to the thirteenth of the sound. All in all, I will be presenting a total of 12 dominant exercises today, just as I did last week when we addressed the major contemporary voicings and harmonizing the major scale. Number four, I will be constructing all of my voicings today based on the C dominant Mixolydian mode. And number five, I will be playing all demonstrations today, all exercises, using a tempo of 140, which is a snappy tempo. And as always, I highly recommend using slower tempos, 65, 75, 85. Use slower tempos whenever you begin to physically explore a new jazz piano skill. So just like last week, This jazz piano scales lesson today is a biggie. It will forever change how you think about scales, dominant scales specifically. It will forever change how you play dominant scales. And it will dramatically change your jazz piano sound. So let's get started. If you are a Jazz Piano Skills member, take a few minutes right now before we dig in to download and print the illustrations and the lead sheets. You have access to all of the podcast packets and you should, you should be using them when listening to this podcast. And of course, you should be using them when practicing. If you are listening to this podcast on any of the popular podcast directories, such as Apple or Google, Amazon, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, and on and on, then be sure to go to jazzpianoskillspodcast.com to download the podcast packets. You will find the download links in the show notes. And one other little but extremely important side note that I mentioned last week as well. If you are thinking that, wow, harmonized dominant scales are way, way 
over my head. I would say to you, okay, so what? Continue to listen. Continue to grow intellectually. Continue to grow conceptually by listening to this podcast episode. So often, students are always concerned about a skill being over their head, right? And to that point, I always say to them, well, every jazz piano skill is over your head when it is first introduced to you. So this is part of the learning process, right? You want your conceptual, you want your intellectual understanding of jazz piano to be way, way out in front of your physical development. And why? Because musical growth always begins upstairs mentally before it can come out downstairs physically in your hands. So listen to this podcast lesson now and begin to prepare mentally and conceptually to explore the skills, the harmonized dominant scales, later. Bottom line, again, you always want your jazz piano understanding to be way, way out in front of your physical ability, your physical skills. Always. And in doing so, as I always like to use this analogy, it's like having, you've created the dangling carrot that's out in front of you. And that dangling carrot is what you're chasing when you are practicing, either practicing mentally and conceptually or practicing physically, right? So if we do, if we do not have the dangling carrot, there's no incentive. There's nothing that we're chasing. There are no skills that we're trying to gain a command of and to master. So if you think that harmonized dominant scales are over your head, welcome. Welcome to the club, right? And in fact, to be 100% truthful with you, we are all part of that club, right? I've, I know not of... I know not one professional jazz pianist friend of mine. If I asked them if they had a mastery of harmonized scales and arpeggios using contemporary chordal or fourthy voicings, I'm not, I don't think one of them would be bold enough to say, oh, yes, I completely have that, that mastered. The point being is our development as jazz pianists is an ongoing process. Maturing as a jazz pianist is a lifelong process. It's not like putting together a model airplane that once you have it put together, you're done, right? Thank goodness. And this what's this what's ma- makes jazz, studying jazz so incredibly delightful and so incredibly fun is that it's a lifelong pursuit. So, with that being said, let's let's jump in. Let's dig in. Here we go. So as last week, again, all my two-handed voicings uh, are five-note structures. I play two in the left, two notes in the left always, and three notes in the right, okay? And again, other pianists might have a, a different approach. You know, some might play three in the left, two in the right. Some might play three in the left, three in the right. Fine, right? The way I approach it and what makes sense to me, both uh, conceptually and physically, is I have this structure, this system of five notes, two in the left, three in the right. So our very first voicing, I'm going to be playing uh, E and A 
in my left hand. Okay? And in my right hand, the notes D, G, and C. And there's my first C dominant voicing with C up on top as the melody. Now, what's interesting is, if you study the voicings I presented last week, that is exactly, that is precisely the same voicing that I used for the major sound. And as we move through the dominant voicings, the minor, the half diminished and diminished, you're going to see that one of the incredible values of these voicing structures is that they can be repurposed, right? And that's a big, I guess that's a big word today, right? Repurposing data, using it in different uh, contexts. And this is a great example of that, right? That you're going to start seeing that these same shapes can be utilized to represent major sounds, dominant sounds, minor, half diminished, and diminished sounds. So I use this one for my dominant. Again, E, A, D, G, C. Now, if you want, want a more a stronger dominant sound, you could actually play E and B flat in the left hand. And that's a very common voicing. And I actually use that voicing from time to time. However, why I'm presenting to you the EA DGC is because the EB flat DGC is not one of our primary voicing sounds that I teach, right? And so one of the things that I'm demonstrating through this series of harmonizing scales and arpeggios is that the primary voicings that you learn through my courses or through the podcast series, those voicings, those primary voicings are the same shapes and sounds to play all of your scales, all of your major, dominant, minor, half diminished and diminished scales harmonized. Okay. So that is why I'm choosing this voicing first, E-A-D-G-C for C dominant. The second voicing is going to be G, C in my left hand, and then my right hand, F, B flat, D. So D is my melody note. Has kind of a suspension sound, right? So now if I put those two voicings side by side, I get this. So what I want to do is I want to practice that pairing, that grouping, that two-chord uh, two voicing grouping with my melody uh, being the root and then my melody being the second of the scale. So I'm going to bring the ensemble in. We're going to play uh, C dominant 7, and I'm going to practice moving from C as my melody to D as my melody harmonized back and forth. And then I'm going to start changing it up rhythmically to create some nice melodic motifs. So here we go. Let's check it out, and then we can talk about it.
nice, right? No doubt. So I like to use these pairings, as I did last week, these two-note pairings, uh, as I'm practicing and getting these shapes and sounds under my fingers, right? It's, it's, it's efficient, much more efficient than trying to play seven, keep track, trying to keep track of seven voicings immediately. We're working our way up to that. So then the next grouping, I'm going to start with the third, the next pair, right? So now I'm going to create voicings that utilize the third as the melody and then the fourth or the 11th as the melody. So my voicing for the third as the melody, I'm going to start in my left hand with A and D, and in my right hand, G, C, and E. Sounds like this. And again, it's a very familiar shape if you study the voicings that I presented last week with the major harmonized major scale. The second uh, voicing with F in the melody, all we're going to do is raise that top note, that E, up to F. So my left hand remains the same, A and D. My right hand now is G, C, and F. So those two voicings side by side, E as the melody on top and F as the melody on top sound like this. Nice, right? So I want to bring the ensemble back in, and I'm going to take the exact same approach. I'm just going to practice moving back and forth from those two voicings first. Then I'm going to start adding some rhythmic variation to create some melodic motifs. So here we go. Let's bring the ensemble in. Let's check it out. amazing. So now let's move on. Let's harmonize the fifth of the scale, the G, the note G on top as melody, and then now and also the sixth, the note A on top as the melody. So in my left hand, I'm going to start with B flat and E. I have the seventh and the third. Then my right hand, I'm going to have A, D, and G. All fours, right? So it sounds like this. Very nice dominant sound. Now that's going to um, move to the next voicing, which is going to have our sixth or our A, our thirteenth, up on top as the melody. So my left hand is going to have the note D and G, and my right hand is going to have C, F, and A. Nice. Now, if I put both of those voicings side by side, 
It's going to sound like this. Very cool. What a great sound, right? So I want to bring the ensemble back in. I want to drop this into a musical setting, into a musical context. And again, I'm going to start off by just practicing the two shapes side by side. Once I'm comfortable with both of those shapes moving back and forth, I can begin to add rhythmic variation to try to create some melodic motifs. So let's do just that. Let's bring the ensemble in and see what this sounds like. Here we go. Check it out. cannot stress enough to you how important it is to spend time with these pairings, the two melody note pairings. You know, each one of these demonstrations, these exercises that I'm doing today, right, I'm just doing one minute (laughs) for the sake of time, for the pot, for the length, keeping the length of the podcast as short as possible. But in reality, if I were practicing these uh, voicings and using these pairings, I would be going much longer than just one minute, right? In fact, I, I could, I could do all this. I could do this type of practicing all day. I love it, right? So now, let's move on. We're going to. We only have one more note to uh, harmonize, and that's the seventh, the B flat. But we're going to approach it from the sixth. So we're going to pair up our sixth and our seventh. So. We're going to use the same voicing for the six for the A. So in the left hand, we're going to have D and G. In the right hand, C, F, and A. All right? So there's our C dominant with A as the melody. To go to the B flat as the melody, it's just as simple again as just raising that A one half step to the B flat. Everything else remains the same. My left hand, I have D and G. Now in my right hand, I have C. F and B flat. So when I put those two shapes and sounds side by side, it sounds like this. Very nice. Wow, you can do a lot with that. I can tell you that right now. That's a great sound. So let's bring the ensemble in. Let's drop these two voicings, these two shapes and sounds into a musical context, into a musical setting. Let's practice each voicing first to get them under our fingers, and then let's begin to change it, change, uh, add rhythmic variation to create some melodic ideas, some melodic motifs. So here we go. Let's check it out.
pretty darn cool. We have now harmonized each note of the C dominant scale. So it sounds like this. Before we do that, right, I just played this scale so you could hear it harmonized. But before we get to that, we need to now, instead of two-note groupings, we need to do three-note groupings. So now we're going to start back over, and we're going to start with C, D, and E, the first three notes of the C dominant scale. We're going to take our voicings. And we're going to practice moving from each one of those shapes. Now, the reason, again, why we're doing three notes is because now we have incorporated into our hands, we have the ability to incorporate arpeggio motion. We can go right from our C to our E, arpeggio motion. We can use scale motion, C to D or D to E. So we have nice scale motion, and we also have nice arpeggio motion. Why is scale motion, arpeggio motion so important? Because those are the only two types of motion that we have. Every melodic line can be dissected as either moving in scale motion or utilizing arpeggio motion. So this is vitally important that Number one, you understand that. Number two, that you develop exercises that incorporate those two types of motion. So that is exactly why we, we are now creating a three-note uh, grouping. Our two-note grouping is scale motion only. Now with the three-note grouping, we have arpeggio motion. So let's bring our ensemble back in, and let's see what I can come up with practicing these three shapes... Right? First, just getting used to moving from one shape to the next shape to the next shape first, initially. Then trying to change things up rhythmically to create some melodic ideas. Using what? Scale motion and arpeggio motion. So let's bring the ensemble in. Let's check it out. Here we go. amazing, right? Three notes. The first three notes of a scale, the C dominant scale, harmonized. What a great sound and what great melodies that we can come up with using just 
three nodes. So now we're going to take the same exact approach, but this time we're going to have our entry point be in the third, and the three notes that we're going to use are going to be the third, the E, the F, and the G. So we have our third, fourth, and our fifth. And once again, we have the scale motion going from E to F to G. And we also have arpeggio motion going directly from E, going directly to G. Very nice. So we're going to bring the ensemble back in. We're going to take these three notes, harmonize the third, the fourth, and the fifth. And we're going to practice those three shapes going back and forth first to get them under our hands and in our ears. And then I'm going to change it. I'm going to add some rhythmic variation to create some melodic ideas. So let's bring the ensemble in. Let's check it out and see what we think. Here we go. say not too shabby really cool so now we know the approach right we we've we've gone from the root to the second to the third we created a three note grouping and then another three note grouping from the third to the fourth to the fifth so now we're going to go from the fifth with the g on top to the sixth to the seventh so we have our scale motion g a b flat and we have nice arpeggio motion from G to B flat. Nice. So again, the exact same approach, right? Let me just say this too. Why we use the exact same approach, you've heard me say this a million times as well. We have to always have a systematic and a formulaic way in which to approach practicing, right? To keep things consistent to keep things the same. In fact, the more that they stay the same, the better chances you have at creating change. <laughs> Let that thing sink in, right? The more consistent you are at keeping things the same when you are practicing, the better your chances of creating change when playing and improvising. Just let that sink in. So here we go. We're going to bring the ensemble back in, and we're going to utilize our fifth, our sixth, and our seventh as a three-note grouping. We're going to play those voicings, those shapes and sounds, get them under our hands. We're going to change things up rhythmically to try to create some melodic motifs. Here we go. Let's check it out.
just continue marching onward through the sound. So now we're going to use our seventh as our melody note, moving to our root, and then moving to our ninth. So we're going to have our B flat up on top, then to our C, our root, and then to our ninth on top, our D. So we're getting into the upper extensions. So we have our seven, root, nine, scale motion. And then from our seventh to our ninth, arpeggio motion. So again, keeping things the same, the same approach. So we're going to bring our ensemble in. We're going to drop this into a musical setting, musical context. I'm going to practice moving in scale motion from the seventh to the ninth and back down to get these shapes and sounds under my hands. And then I'm going to uh, bring, start adding some rhythmic variation using scale and arpeggio motion to create some melodic ideas, some melodic motifs. So here's the ensemble. Let's check it out and see what we think. Here we go. Anytime we start getting into the upper extensions, right? Absolutely love it. The 9th, the 11th, the 13th. So we're going to continue doing just that. Now we're going to start with our 9th as our entry point, our D. Then move to the 3rd. And then the 11th, or the note F. So scale motion from our 9th to our 11th. And then also arpeggio motion from our ninth to our eleventh. Very nice. So again, the exact same approach. We're going to utilize that three-note grouping as our melody, our ninth, our third, our eleventh. We're going to practice those shapes, those sounds, get them under our hands first. Then we're going to utilize scale and arpeggio motion to create some rhythmic ideas, rhythmic variation uh, to lead us to melodic invention, melodic motifs, melodic ideas. No definitive rhythmic ideas, no melodic ideas. I'm going to say that again. No definitive rhythmic ideas, absolutely no melodic ideas. So let's do just that. Let's take these three voicings, these three shapes and sounds. Let's drop them into a musical context, into a musical setting. Let's see what we can do with them rhythmically using scale and arpeggio motion 
to discover some melodic motifs, some melodic ideas. So here we go. Let's bring the ensemble in. Let's check it out. great sound, right? The ninth, the 11th, only thing missing, 13th. So let's, let's bring that in right now. So now we're, we are going to start with our 11th as our entry point. So our F is on top. So we're going to move from our F to our G, our fifth, to our 13th, to our A. So we have nice scale motion moving from the 11th to the 13th. And then we also have, of course, arpeggio motion moving from the 11th to the 13th. Very cool. So once again, you know the routine, right? We're going to place these three shapes, these three sounds, uh, these um, voicings into a musical context, musical setting. We're going to get the shapes and sounds under our hands first. Then we're going to start experimenting with some definitive rhythmic ideas in order to discover some melodic motifs. It's a very cool process. So let's bring the ensemble in. Let's check it out. Let's see what we can discover, learn, and play. See what I did there? <laughs> it's pretty cool, right? Just brought the little tagline in there, right, man? Let's see what we can discover, learn, and play. Here we go. Let's check it out. for my my humor. Uh, I thought it was funny. I'm often told by my wife that I'm not funny. She goes, why do you laugh at your own jokes? Because they're not funny. And I guess maybe the reason I laugh at my own jokes is because 
no one else does. So there has to be at least someone. So anyway, I apologize for that. But I actually thought Discover, Learn, Play, incorporating the tagline in there was a nice little uh, touch. And it was kind of, it it was funny. So, okay. So we have now harmonized the entire dominant scale. And we've done so from the root to the seventh, thinking in scale motion, right? And we've now done so moving through the entire sound, also incorporating arpeggio motion. So the last two exercises that I want to present is just simply doing that, just playing the scale harmonized and the arpeggio harmonized. Not so much from a creative perspective, right? Just like what we have just completed was taking these two-note pairs, these three-note pairs, and utilizing them, number one, to get the shapes and sounds, the voicings under our hands, but then number two, to, to create, to improvise using those three note, those two-note and three-note groupings. The last two exercises where most people actually want to begin is where, what I'm saying is where you should actually end. That once you feel that you have the shapes, these harmonized, the notes of the dominant scale harmonized, then you can just practice them as a technique exercise where you're just going to play up and down the scale and up and down the arpeggio harmonized. So I just want to demonstrate how I do that. So let's start with the scale first. So we're going to bring the ensemble in. I'm going to play the C dominant scale. Right? Ascending and descending. And I'm going to, I'm going to play it first. You'll see that the duration of the notes I uh, of each note is is like a whole note, and then and then I cut it down to like half note, and then I cut it down to like quarter note. So you'll see how um, you'll hear how I how I'm doing this. So let's bring the ensemble in. Let's check it out. Here we go. Does that make sense why I say now that practicing the scale in its entirety harmonized should be one of the last things that you start doing after you have a command of the the shapes and sounds? And you get that command of the shapes and sounds by minimizing the groupings, right? Two-note and three-note groupings. Even within the two- and three-note groupings, you still have what? Scale and arpeggio motion. So learn, study and learn the shapes first 
using those two and three note groupings before you start practicing the entire scale as an exercise, if you will, ascending and descending to just gain a a better muscle memory, better muscle memory command of the voicing. And likewise, do the same thing then with the arpeggio, right? So we have scale motion. We also have arpeggio motion. So another way I like to practice then is taking these shapes, these sounds, these voicings, and then practicing the dominant sound as an arpeggio. So I'm going to go right from the root to the 13th. And back down. Does that make sense? So I'll practice it in scale motion from the root to the 7th, and then I'll practice it arpeggio motion from the root to the 13th ascending and descending. So let's bring the ensemble back in and check out how I practice the arpeggios. And again, I'm going to utilize the same approach. I'll start by by using a whole note interpretation of each voicing. Then I'll cut it down to half notes, and then I'll cut it down to quarter notes. Okay, so here we go. Check it out. As always, we have unpacked a ton of information today within a very short period of time, less than an hour. Harmonized dominant scales. As are the harmonized major scales that we covered last week, harmonized dominant scales without doubt is an essential jazz piano skill that will require much thought, intense study, and of course, relentless practice. But I want to remind you, here is the cool thing. All of the voicings being used to harmonize the dominant scales are voicings that you already know and have under your fingers if you have listened to and practiced the primary dominant voicings in the primary major, half-diminished, minor, minor, half-diminished, and diminished voicings. And again, be sure to listen to the podcast series that I did to introduce you to these amazing shapes and sounds, starting with the November 10th, 2020 episode, dealing with the primary major voicings. And also, as I mentioned earlier, log in to Jazz Piano Skills. If you are a Jazz Piano Skills member, log in to Jazz Piano Skills and study courses 21 through 26. Check out the video demonstrations right? For all 12 major, dominant, minor, half diminished and diminished 
contemporary voicings. I also want to encourage you to map out these voicings on paper, paper practice. Use the podcast packets, the illustrations, and the lead sheets to guide you. Download and print them out, the illustrations and the lead sheets. The illustrations include a paper practice template that you can use for mapping out the harmonization of all 12 dominant scales. And most of all, I stressed this again last week as well, be patient. This is big time. This is a big time jazz piano skill that will take time to digest, both mentally and physically. So be patient. Structure your physical practice after the playing demonstrations that I just modeled for you in this podcast episode. And if you do so, you will begin to see immediately, you will begin to see, feel, and hear your progress. Well, I hope you have found this Jazz Piano Skills podcast lesson, exploring the harmonization of dominant scales to be insightful and, of course, beneficial. Don't forget, if you are a Jazz Piano Skills member, I will see you online Thursday evening at the Jazz Piano Skills Masterclass, 8 p.m. Central Time, to discuss this podcast episode, this lesson, exploring the harmonization of the dominant scale in greater detail, and to answer any question that you may have about the study of jazz in general. And again, as a Jazz Piano Skills member, be sure to use the educational podcast packets, the illustrations, the lead sheets, the play-alongs for this podcast lesson. And use the Jazz Piano Skills courses to maximize your musical growth. Likewise, make sure you are an active participant in the Jazz Piano Skills community. Get involved and contribute to the various forums. And most importantly, make some new Jazz Piano friends. Always, always a great thing to do. You can reach me by phone, 972-380-8050, extension 211, by email, drlawrence at jazzpianoskills.com. That's drlawrence at jazzpianoskills.com. Or by SpeakPipe, found throughout the Jazz Piano Skills website. Well, there is my cue. That's it for now. And until next week. Enjoy the harmonization of dominant scales. Enjoy the journey. And most of all, have fun as you discover, learn, and play jazz piano.